Hey, thank you for joining us for episode nine of The Forgettable Half Hour. You're listening to myself, Jason, and Megan. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Am I being too formal again? Yeah, I think I'm so. trying not to. The Forgettable Half Hour is intended to be a bit of a chat and a bit of a whine and a whinge to decompress life as a carer of a loved one living with dementia. And Megan, do we have wine? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're well, probably going to have a wine figurative, figuratively and physically. Okay, that's setting the tone a bit. So yeah, it's going to take me a little This while. is an old-fashioned, this is a corkscrew type bottle, which is interesting. Love that. It's a South African wine. I think it's pronounced Sinsalt, C-I-N-S-A-U-L-T. Wow. So I have well, We had to pay for it, by the way. This is not a sponsored plug. We just red. like it's red. indulging and getting excited about it. All, all I know is it's red. It's red. Okay. That's, that's all Perfect. I know. There we go. There you go. Oh, listen to that. For those of you listening at home, <laughs> what, you're, what you're doing, Gwen, you might be listening in a time zone where you're kind of just struggling to wrap your lips around a cup of tea or a coffee. But whatever it is, um, yeah, we encourage you to grab something comforting to um, to drink while we have this chat today. Um, Cheers. Let's have a taste. Cheers to you. It's <laughs> actually really good. I think today we're going to explain what's been evolving in our home. There's been a lot of questions about that why we've not been able to share as many new videos about Oma on Oma's Applesauce Facebook page. And what's changed? So why don't we call this one, Where's Oma At? Mm -hmm. That's the title of this episode. Mm -hmm. So Megs, I'm gonna get you to open up by telling us a little bit about what's elapsed since our last podcast, which was, believe it or not, over a month ago. Was it? Yeah. So why have we been absent? for so long and what has been going on well we've had a few illnesses in the house so first evie was quite unwell Mm. she had a vomit bug which is actually interesting because the title of our last podcast a month ago was managing a health crisis because we back then if you remember had a health crisis with With oma in that she had covid vaccination jab she had a a reaction either to that or something else and a vomit thing and whatever going on so we thought that was pretty Horrific. Yeah. Little did Evie. we know what was going to unfold in the last month, right? Yeah, and then Evie had a bug, and then Oma started to head downhill. And she, after, you know, heading to the GP and, and doing all that we could, we found out from some pathology that she was actually battling some sort of bladder infection. So UTI. Yeah, yeah, and it was pretty gnarly. The symptoms, we, we'd never experienced her having a UTI before and obviously having dementia exacerbated a lot of those symptoms as well. And it, it absolutely just slapped us in the face. It was, it was it, yeah, it's been full on. So obviously for a lot of people listening, you'd be well aware and you'd, you'd be probably way more experienced at this than what we are, but... Obviously, the combination of someone having a, a cognitive deficit with an infection in their body, such as a, a UTI, urinary tract infection, creates a just a, a bonfire of delirium and changes in behaviour and yeah. all sorts of complications. Let's let's talk a little bit 
specifically what we first noticed, I think, um, just a couple of weeks ago, yeah. was we were noticing some distinct changes in Oma's nighttime behaviour. Yeah, so she, um, we have an internal door between her house and our house. Mm-hmm. We're, we're literally connected. And um, you noticed... A, uh, no, you, you noticed uh, when we were going to bed that evening that she had actually gone to bed with every single light and television and radio and everything on in her house but yeah. was sleeping. Yeah. So you went and sort of turned all that off. Then you noticed um, we have a, a camera that monitors her to make sure it's for her safety. Yeah. And you noticed at midnight when Evie had woken up, um, for she normally wakes up at midnight, um, you noticed that she was in the kitchen trying to make potatoes. Mm. And a couple of hours later I woke up hearing Oma in our house looking for her late husband. Yeah, my and dad. And enormously, devastatingly confused and mm. it was awful. So so wandering had um, had started. We'd never experienced her wandering either. So So um, this is quite different to the sundowner episodes, mm. which which we're kind of well experienced with. This was a real a case of just delirium. Yeah. 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 You've experienced it. We've, we've both experienced her having a delirium in hospital, like yeah. in, a, in a really severe con- like environmental context. But yeah. we haven't experienced that at home, and that was horrible. It was yeah. horrible for her because she's so confused and nothing you can say can put all the pieces back together for her, which is just really disturbing for us as well. Mm. So then, yeah, so we noticed that kind of stuff was going on and then her gait was changing. She's been crossing her legs when she was walking. Crossing her feet, crossing one her in front feet. of the other as yeah. opposed to like she's beside a, one Like another. she's on a catwalk yeah. and really stumbly. And then other things were going, like just regular daily things that she still manages to manage. That was, they they were all sort of breaking down, you know. Mm. Like, well, bodily function was just being compromised. Yeah. She just wasn't, we, we could tell she wasn't here. Yeah. So she was, the body was here. Her eyes were very distant. They were mm. elsewhere. Listening to us. Yeah, it was all, quite yeah. a different paradigm for us. Yeah, and I mean, the GP was onto it very quick. Oh, we went straight up to the GP and said, look, this isn't this isn't Omar. Mm. And GP was onto it very quickly. But obviously pathology takes a little while and then it takes a little while to get results. It takes a little while then to get medications. So then we were sort of really in the thick of symptoms without any improvement yeah and was that over a week ago yeah it was last it was last weekend when it was really it was really heightened yeah so to a point where Oma couldn't walk unassisted at all no she was collapsing in fact we we discovered that because she you know was having falls coming out of her bed straight away she was losing her balance she was falling over she's got she's had a couple of bumps in the head she's had some massive bruises on her body you know so she's really been yeah to the walls and back and and even her speech was super compromised like yeah. not being able to finish sentences very garbled speaking probably 80 90 percent dutch which is um, fine so we, we kind of get the reversion back to dutch because a lot yeah, of people revert back to happens, another la- first this, language but this was all day but even the dutch was unintelligible so mm-hmm. she'd start a sentence with something we could make out and then it would just go into a like a I don't know, what would you call it? Just an assembly of sounds that didn't really connect and then she'd mm. try and get away out of it with a couple of words that sort of connect and then that was it. And then just shut it off. Yeah. She'd just shake her head and look away and that was it. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I, I super empathise with anybody who's had to 
be in that caring scenario that has been so intense and so mentally and emotionally and physically exhausting. Mm. Like it's very confronting. Oh, I think because yeah. you you're you well, we were used to seeing quite a gradual decline in OMA mm. and when I say gradual anything from you know changes in behavior over a number of months to changes in behavior over a number of weeks with a particular thing that would go on such as a hospital stay or something like that mm. that might create you know like an instant deficit but this was different because it was an alarming deterioration it was rapid we were worried she'd had a series of small strokes or which is still possibly the case as well but mm. you know there was just such dramatic changes in her that yeah. that it really made us feel like we didn't know what we were doing anymore, yeah, yeah. which is a very alarming position as a carer to be in, and let alone how it made her feel. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because when we started to feel like we couldn't make her safe, that's when we really started to to freak out as well because we our main priority is to make her safe and make her comfortable. Yeah. And when we were starting to feel like we couldn't make that happen for her, that's when we were just looking at each other how do we function? What, what do we do here? Yeah. And, and she, there was one point there where she didn't even feel like eating and then, yeah, that sort of created all sorts of alarm bells for us. Increased sleeping and, and just mm. not being able to cope with the process of being in the day and mm. leaving the house or doing anything. It was really a real contrast to that sweet, beautiful, oh, you know, bubbly people, people personoma that we've all known and loved for so long and that you've seen in countless videos that we've made and shared on Oma's Applesauce Facebook page and which is why I guess well last week I posted a video updating that we would be posting less videos of Oma and if you haven't seen that video I do encourage you to watch that one's about seven minutes long we were just receiving not only comments on different posts of ours on our page but many many DMs were sliding in just saying what is going on? Mm. You know, is Omar okay? Mm. Why aren't we hearing and seeing from her? How come you guys aren't posting as much? And of course, we were feeling that at the same time because we we're very acutely aware that we hadn't been posting. But the stuff we were going through was one taking our time and our attention, and and really, we as it should do, we were focused completely on Omar's care needs whilst managing a family and trying to keep our head afloat in our business. However, secondly, the thing was. You know, we, we didn't really want to document the worst side of Omar. So I put a video up last week which sort of explained that her dementia had progressed into an advanced stage. And for, for those of you that, that are unfamiliar with, with dementia, there's, if we break it down in three basic stages, you've got you know early symptomatic stages, you've got a middle stage and you've got an advanced stage. And she had very much propelled quite quickly into the advanced stage of dementia with these regular episodes of delirium. Again, we weren't sure whether they were temporary or whether these things are going to stick around causing lasting change. But her speech was affected, her language, her mobility, her confidence. You know, we didn't want to show her illness. We wanted to show her as a person, as that beautiful, bubbly, smiling, gorgeous woman that she is. And so that was a huge thing for us that all of a sudden we found we couldn't capture her as well. I started capturing more photos of her rather than videos. Very early on, we established three guiding questions, if you like, that we, we, we put together as a family to ask ourselves before we put a piece of video, a content story up about Omar and share it with the world, we had to ask ourselves three questions. Yeah. And the three questions were in order. One, is it made with love? 
can we honestly say that this particular story has been made with a from a position of love or not? Is it something else? Is it a different motive? Secondly, does it help further people's understanding of life with dementia or life as a carer and how dementia can fit into the family unit? Or does it help encourage further discussion of those things? That was the second one. The third question we ask ourselves, and this is a big one, is how, how would a cognitive OMA respond to seeing this back when she was fully cognitive? Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I'm really starting to have big troubles ticking because I think in the stories that we're experiencing day to day, I know I'm feeling un- unsettled about making videos out of those and sharing those, and I know she would be too. So I think that was the big thing behind me putting that video up a week ago to say, I think we've reached a spot where we need to kind of slow down on this. Yeah. We need to focus primarily on OMA's ongoing support needs, and we need to really make sure we don't compromise OMA's dignity her capa- or, I guess, her capacity to give consent, which yeah. is the other yeah, worrying yeah, yeah. thing here. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. We've we've decided purposely to to put a pause on those videos. We're still making content. We're still putting up videos. And if you've seen any things we've been posting in recent days, you'll see we've been putting up photos and little stories about what we're doing and what's going on. But, you know, it's just not the right time for me to be be putting little experiences and moments together in video because I don't think I would enjoy them. And to be honest, I don't think everyone will enjoy them because I think they're, they're quite confronting things to see. I agree with that. I mean, we had lots of chats over the last, you know, couple of weeks too with with the decline in the degradation and and yeah, it was good. I mean, we were openly able as carers to be able to, like we do with so many other decisions for her, we were able to make that decision together as well. And I think that yeah. was a positive one. Like there, when you think about it, we make we make most of her decisions for her as yeah. well, you know, yeah. that she has to... That's how she can still pave her way through society. And, yeah, this was just another example of how we pulled together and made sure that we were coming back to those sort of found, founding principles that we'd made a long time ago and made sure that we were still on track and had Oma's best interests as well. Absolutely. And I, I think, thankfully, reading the comments that you guys have posted on Facebook too, it seems everyone agrees. I think that you know, everyone understands that duty of care that we have towards Oma and I think relaying that in your own context with your own family situation, someone you love, you'd probably do exactly the same if you're in our position. So I want to thank everyone for your support, for your understanding, for your beautiful messages and comments. I mean, they're just flowing in every hour. We're just getting inundated. It's it's just incredible, this, this circle of support and love that's been created through our particular family's journey, which I know has mirrored millions of times around the world over. We're still proceeding with uh, our documentary. Everybody's Oma uh, documentary is now actually in edit stage, which is exciting. We had hoped to have finished filming by now, but there has been still some small pieces um, that have been uh, filmed in the past week just to help put into context uh, the current chapter and the season of what we're going through to help sort of um, give that some sort of, I guess, relevance in the storyline. You'll you'll see what I mean when you watch the documentary, of course. And that's been filmed quite delicately, like it's mostly yeah. us. And I think that's the thing that I was really impressed by too. Our, one of our cinematographers that, that's been shooting on this, Evan Banks, he, he sat down with us, particularly in covering the week that's just gone, 
and he said, I'm, I'm going to frame your conversations with Omar from a distance to be respectful. Mm. I'm not close up in your faces. I would prefer to show the back of Omar's head rather than her front mm. just so I can be a bit more respectful and have a bit more dignity to her position as well. So I think there's a lot of, and you'll see this in the film, there's, there's a lot of care and a lot of consideration and a lot of empathy being brought in by the whole crew that's working on this documentary. Everybody gets it. Everybody's understanding the the fragility, I guess, of this particular story. So that's a beautiful thing. And that makes me really proud to press on with a story because I think everyone has the right intentions, which is amazing. How's it been for you, Megs, with, I guess, having to turn the camera on yourself a bit more and talk a little bit more about what's going on? Because that's not something... I natively you do. natively do in no. this and I've come from a filmmaker background so it's a little bit different for me but you've really how have you found that as a tool for you well you told me last week I was a geriatric millennial so this should just really be my bag right well, I heard that on the radio <laughs> apparently if you was it born between 1980 and 85 yeah that's me that's your new tag you're mm, a geriatric a geri millennial, millennial. Mm. look in a little bit of a way it was a little bit therapeutic mm-hmm yeah, like I, I understand how that can assist the film and then assist anyone who's watching the film as well. Because I'm very much one to call my mom or my best girlfriend or my sister and have a big download as well. So downloading isn't difficult for me. Yeah. But, um, you know, talking to a screen's a little bit difficult. I guess it's like this podcast as well. The more you do it, the more you get used to it. Yeah. Like anything. Well, I definitely think having the ability to talk about the process of what we're going through in the last 10 days has been really important for me. Mm, you're, and you're not one to pick up the phone and call a mate, whereas, I mean, I always, I'm always on the phone calling my yeah my girlfriends. So, yeah, for you it's probably been quite therapeutic. Mm. Yeah. Having said that, our friends have been incredibly ballistically amazing. They've just innately pick up on what's going down and mm. we've been inundated with offers of help and meals, meals. and, like, people are just come to our house and just just being the most beautifully generous humans on earth it's just it has we're eternally indebted yeah and it again shows you the power of community and surrounding yourself with great people mm. on this journey you know don't try and go this alone make sure you give yourself a good support system around you so that when you do fall over and things do get tough and by that i'm saying you know a week ago we were doing night shifts with omar as well as day shifts with our young family mm. so we couldn't leave Omar unattended at night. She was getting up out of her bed between anywhere between 10 and 18 times in an evening. Each one of those times couldn't walk on her own, so she had to be assisted. So we were doing two hourly shifts or three hourly shifts some nights. That's now balanced out at the, this end of the week with we've been able to get our hands on some incredible in-home respite carers that have been coming in and doing tag with us. from above. They like. come in in the early evening. They sit up all night watching a monitor and, and making sure Irma's safe and helping yeah. her. And then at 7 o'clock in the morning, we high-five as I go out the door and they give us a download and we yeah. take over. And that's allowed us to return to some kind of normality with our family life yeah. a little bit. I think no. we're still both really super tired because we're worrying. Yes. But, yeah. you know, that just having that ability has given us an incredible breath. Yeah. Yeah, completely, completely. We've, we've got a couple of nights up against us now because it's a long weekend, but... We'll make it happen. Yeah, next two nights we're back to shift work, right, you and we I? Are. We are. Okay, we can do this. We can do this. <laughs> One thing I wanted to mention, aside from just being appreciative of, of every comment, every share, every message we've been getting from you guys, because it's really it's an incredible thing for us to just sit down and read that and know how much Oma means to you as well. So we do absolutely appreciate all of those. However, I do want to just, as a footnote, say that 
there are a few messages sneaking in where people are finding it a little bit necessary to message me directly and educate me on how I should be speaking with Omar and my choice of language and don't use, you know, sweetie and darling in your videos. It's demeaning to her. Make sure you use a name, those sorts of things. Don't tell your mum to relax because she can't relax. You know, all these individual little lines yeah. Some people are picking up out of the videos and then now they're sort of holding me to task on some of those things. I did want to mention that in the podcast because I think from a textbook sense, I understand where that fits into that kind of thinking around how to speak and deal with someone that's living with dementia. What what the, the, the textbook dementia, I guess, doesn't address is the fact that after 49 years, I think I'm the best judge of knowing my mother's language set and how to speak to her and how to be around her. And so I, I take it on board as I think I'm probably the best judge of mm. how to address that with Oma and how to speak to her. And if I want to call her sweetie and darling and things like that, that's only because that's the language I've used to her with her all the way through. I don't call my mother mum and I don't call her by her name. I just don't. I've always called her sweetie, darling or something like that. So, you know, that's quite normal for me. And, you know, when I tell her to sit down and relax and watch TV, that's because that's normally a time when she's usually sitting down having a rest and watching a favourite TV show. And I'm just trying to keep her to her routine. So, again, I appreciate people picking me up on those things. But just be mindful of the fact that there's a reason I use those things, that language, those prompts. It's because I, I know Omar better than any academic in this space will because I've lived with her a long time and I know how she wants to be spoken to as well. So I'm going to leave it at that. But please remember, when you do watch our videos, when I do speak to Omar, those, those prompts, the language usage, all that stuff, my touch, the tone of my voice, the choice of language, anything that I do is all a result of me being her son, knowing her cultural background and responding to her in a way that will be both familiar and helpful to get her to the next part of the day. Does that make sense? Yeah, I didn't know that you had had that actually. You didn't yeah, me. there's been a few coming through with that. We've been oh, a bit okay. busy, babe, so, yeah. you know, a bit hard yeah. to talk about it's other nice, business. It's nice to chat to you this evening. <laughs> it's been two <laughs> it's weeks. It's lovely. It's the longest conversation we've had I in think it 10 is, days. actually. <laughs> yeah, I second that too. Okay. I mean, obviously, thanks for your input, everybody. Yeah, but it's great to know that people care enough to comment. Yeah, no, I totally second that. And I, I, I call her in, endearing names as well. Mm. I call you endearing names. I call our children endearing names. I think that's that's a real cultural yeah. thing for us. Well, I think there's a reality to when, and, and many many of you have commented on posts before and said this too, there's a difference between walking in and spending an hour or two with someone with dementia and exercising best practice usage of language and prompts and things like that. There's a difference between that and living yeah. with dementia oh in your life 24-7. Yes. You know, there's a completely different approach there. Yes. And that's a very difficult approach to write about. Yeah. You know, that's going to be individual for every family, every of person course. going through that experience. Yeah. That's not stuff you find in a textbook. But again, that's why I wanted to talk about it in this particular podcast, because I'm keen to know what, what everyone out there thinks about that. Mm. I'm sure, you know, I'm not the first person to have had mm. this come back to them in the way of feedback. I'm sure there's many of you out there that have had people say, oh, you shouldn't talk to your mum, dad, husband, wife, partner, brother, sister that way with dementia because X, Y, Z. You know, this is life. We've got to live it. We've got to get on. I'm not saying I'm perfect at all no. in this stuff, but I do know how Omar wants me to speak to her, and that's the way I try and do it. <coughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Great sneeze. Let's even cut that out. <coughs> Second one. It's the wine. It's the wine. It's the wine. And the rest is yours, babe. Great. I want to say a huge thank you to everyone. 
this has been a massive download of information so apologies for that I know it was going to be very dense but we did want to sit down and talk about the reasons why there's been a change in the content we've been posting so Megs and I do really sincerely hope that this chat has been helpful obviously this is, this is an evolving situation for us so we're still living in the middle of this Oma's fine she's good she's in very very good care but you know we are constantly reassessing what her needs are and where we need to take her next and that's something that we're just involved in all the time at the moment. Megs, any wrap-up remarks from you? You're, you're all good. You're good. I can't talk anymore. I know, you're tired and I know you want to go there. So let's, so let's pack this up. Let's go get some much-needed sleep. You've been listening to Megan. Thank you. And myself, Jason. This uh, is our podcast titled The Forgettable Half Hour. Thank you so much for listening. Please visit our Facebook page if you'd like to leave a comment on this particular podcast post or connect with other carers so that you can be reminded you are absolutely not alone in this journey. And of course, while you're um, taking compassionate care of your loved one with dementia, please remember to take good time to take great care of yourself as well. Bye for now. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Forgettable Half Hour. This podcast is produced by Omer's Applesauce Productions, Proprietary Limited, copyright 2021.